0: Uh, we always want to have a sensitive heart uh, for those hurting because we know that's the heart of the Lord. Um, Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to go on a walk tonight because it's good for us, okay? At least that's what people say. You're supposed to walk so much, get so much exercise every day, and I'm sure you guys are all all living up to those standards. I can see that clearly. Um, Right. So uh, some people maybe have the watches on that. I'm not saying look at your watch right now. Okay, I'm saying uh, that tracks your steps and tells you if you're getting enough exercise and buzzes you if you're not moving enough. But we're going to go on a walk um, through Ephesians. Uh, We'll we'll do it quickly tonight. But Ephesians chapter five and verse one is where we want to start. And I know we're starting kind of at the end, but we're going to jump around in Ephesians. Ephesians 5 and verse 1, it says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. We wanted to start here because it starts with everything that then we're going to be looking at later of be imitators of God. Um, As parents, um, kids grow out of this fairly quickly, it seems like small children love to imitate uh their parents they like to imitate other people now sometimes as a parent this can be flattering and other times it can cause a little bit of panic in your own life right you see your child do something and you're like okay where did they learn that you know and maybe sometimes you even have to admit maybe they picked that up from me you know uh maybe they say something and you're like I don't, where did, where did they pick that up or this or that? But children love to copy or imitate their parents. Why? Because they're looking up to you as an authority. There's the love, there's respect there. And they want to copy what you're doing. They'll try to do, okay, how, how is dad doing this? I'm gonna go get my, I'm gonna go get my little tools and, and beat on this stuff and throw my hammer just like dad does, right? Because they they copy, they, they see, we are to be imitators of Christ, or we are to mimic Christ as dear children. I was thinking, in thinking about that, I thought, what kind of representation are we giving of Christ? In imitating him, if someone were to come and look at your kids, and we know that this is not a perfect example, but if they were to look at your kids and they didn't know you, but they just they just said, okay, let's see if we can figure out what your parents are by looking at your kids. Some of you may be already thinking, oh, that would be a terrible idea. But could they pick up on things that your kids represent you in, that they have picked up from you, that they have uh, are imitating you in? In in going through the Bible, we've seen in uh, the children of Israel, God gave them certain commands to live by. And we've gone through those in our study of it. But part of the reason he gave all of those was to remind them that they were a chosen people, that they were precious, that they were special. And it was a constant reminder that God had set the standard higher for them. And it was a reminder to them how special they were. And so tonight, I want us to be thinking that we are to be imitators of Christ, that we are to show forth the world how great of a God that we have. So if anyone were to look at your your life and say, "What can I figure out about God from looking at your life?" Um, if you could take a walk with anybody throughout history, who would it be does somebody does something come someone come to mind? Maybe it's someone that you know already, that you would like to take a walk with them. Maybe it's somebody from a long time ago. But if you could take a walk with them, who would it be? The reason we want to take a walk with them is because it means communion and fellowship. We could get to know their heart, spend time with them. Um, To walk means to fellowship with, to go through life together on. So here in taking a walk it's uh what we are going to do is we are going to look in Ephesians it talks Paul talks about six different things about walk this way, walk that way and we want to look at those tonight. To walk with God's means means that we are in agreement about your life. So it's acknowledging what God has said about your life um at the point of salvation but then beyond that As we heard this morning, who we are in Christ, what blessings do we have as children of his? But that we are in agreement with him, that we have aligned our will to his. Now, is this not a daily battle, aligning my will to God's? It's not just at the point of salvation I'm acknowledging, but it's daily. And am I going to walk with God in this? Am I going to crucify God? The flesh, am I going to agree with what God is saying about this? It is, it is agreeing with God in all things. So turn over a couple, a page or two, depending on your Bible, but Ephesians chapter 2, we find our first example. Ephesians chapter 2, you're familiar in verse 8, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And verse 10, we we see it says, For we are his workmanship. So the first walk we see is... That we as believers are to walk in good works. Now we we just read in the previous verses and we know that the good works are not a working of of salvation. Uh, Doing good works do nothing to erase the sin that is already there. We are not saved by works, but we are saved unto good works. Christ did not save you that, so that we can sit here and just wait for the rapture to happen or wait until we die and go to heaven. But we have been saved so that we can be useful, so that we can be doing good works. It says that God, that Christ prepared beforehand. You know, there are good works prepared for you for this coming week. You know what? There's things that God has in mind for you to do this week to show forth his greatness, to walk in the good works. In verse 10, it says, we are his workmanship. That word workmanship uh, has the idea of a poem, which anybody here, big poetry fan? No. Okay, but the idea behind it is it's someone's masterpiece. So it's not just like uh, us sitting down and trying to write a quick poem. It is a masterpiece. It is it is their their lifelong work. So when it says that you are God's workmanship, it does not it's not saying that you are a piece of work. It's not saying, "Yeah, you guys are all pieces of work." No, you are a masterpiece that God has designed for the purpose of doing good works. So with that, you get the sense of The joy of being a child of God, that God has prepared your life for good works. And we know that John 15 talks about that uh, he is the vine and we are the branches, that as we abide in him, we will bear much fruit. Apart from him, we can do nothing. So it's not this, oh, we are so wonderful in and of ourselves. No, the working that God has done in each and every one of us, is giving us the power that we need to do good works. So the first walk that we see here in Ephesians is that you and I are to walk in good works. So is your life, are you seeing fruit of this, of the Spirit's leading? But then turn over to Ephesians chapter 4, and Paul says, verse 1, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. With all lowliness and gentleness and long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called, in one hope of your calling. In verse 1, he said, to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. That our next walk we see is to walk worthy. Um, This idea here is... To be worthy is the idea of a scale, and we are balancing the scale of let your walk and your talk be balanced. Or maybe we could say it this way, that we are to live out what we are saying. Oh, I say that I'm a follower of Christ. Is my life representing that? Um, Am I I practicing what I am preaching? Um, If you are a a sports fan at all. What comes to mind in this of walk-worthy, I have heard it said in different areas. Um, A soccer team that, that I follow, or a few years ago the Iowa basketball team was really, really bad. They're mediocre now. But they were really bad, and I've heard people use this example and say, that guy, whoever it is on the team, is not worthy to be wearing the jersey. What are they saying? The jersey, let's just use the uh, Hawkeyes for example, we, we demand a certain, a certain level here. The, the jersey, Iowa Hawkeye jersey, we demand a certain level of, of ability, of knowledge, of effort, and that guy is not living up to the standard that we think the jersey is requiring. They say he is not worthy of the jersey that he is wearing. And I wonder how many times as believers, as followers of Christ, as imitators of Christ, are we not living up to the standard that Christ has set for us? That we are not living a life worthy of what he has set before us. we, we hear it say, play for the name on the front of the jersey, not the back, right? What's often on the back of the jersey? The person's name. What team do we represent? We are even more than just a team, but we are on, on the family of God, and we are representing him. So is our walk worthy of the calling that he has called us to? And it says that we are to walk in unity. Walk in unity of the spirit. If you were to pick one word to represent uh, a church or even to represent our church, I don't know if I've ever heard anybody say that, there, that we have unity as a church, like if you were to pick one word for a church, that this is what represents us, unity. But that should be a decide, That should be something that we are known as. It says that you walk worthy of the calling which with you are called With all lowliness, gentleness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, endeavoring, working to keep the unity of the Spirit in a bond of peace. To walk in unity. Uh, Just as we heard this morning, the the clip that was played of of the football player saying, hey, I'm going to fight for you, I'm going to work for you because I love you. Right? It's I have your best interest. I have the, the interest of the team In mind, and I'm going to do everything possible. Most teams don't, if they have a couple of those players that have that attitude, you're doing great. Most teams maybe have one guy that says, I'm going to give it my all, I'm going to work hard. If you have a couple, you're probably on a good team. But to have an entire church where we say, you know what, I love each and every one of you here. I'm going to work. I'm going to surrender to self. I'm going to die to self if that means that we keep the unity of the spirit in a bond of peace. That I love you enough. I love this body of Christ enough that I am going to do, even if it means uh, uh, bearing, bearing somebody's burden, um, putting up with something, long-suffering, showing, showing love. I love each and every one. Here enough, not just for your own sake, but for the good of the body to keep the unity. So are we walking worthy of the calling with which he has called us? And then if we look down further in this chapter in verse 17, Ephesians 4, 17, we see our next walk. He says, uh, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past-filling, have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. But we see that we are to not walk not as the world, or not walk as the Gentiles. Um, Paul's emphasis is that uh, believers ought to live a different life. As we have been saved and our lives and heart has been transformed, that we are to no longer live as the world lives, that we need to be reminded that we are a new creation, uh, remembering that we are his masterpiece. Uh, we have sung the, the song here before, the darker the night, the brighter the light. Um, we often talk about how dark the world is today, but the darker it is outside, the brighter the stars are shining, aren't they? The, the clearer you can see the stars shine. Why? The darker it is out, the brighter that, that light is. So you and I, as we say, okay, I'm not going to walk as the Gentiles walk. I'm putting off the old things, the old self, the old flesh. The idea, idea here is I'm taking off the rags and the filth and the garbage. Um, and maybe you've done some, some chores and you, you know what it's like to just be covered in, in filth and how refreshing it is to take that off, to take a shower, and put on some clean, dry clothes. That's the idea behind this of, as believers, we are to put off the former things, and that, in verse 23, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new man. Uh, We are called to a higher calling, that we might be an example of how great God is, By being able to take sinful people and use them for his honor and glory that he can transform someone like me. But then in chapter five, we see he said, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. You and I are called to walk in love. The example that we We see here is walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself. So we see the love of Christ is a sacrificial. It is a costly love that he gave of himself. He did not consider himself, but he considered you and I, even when we were in rebellion to him. So we see it was a sacrificial love and it's an undeserving love. Um, that while we were still sinners, in opposition and rebellion to Christ, he died for us. So the love that you and I are to walk in is a costly, it's a sacrificial, and it is a, a constant, uh, never-ending love. So as you, as you and I are going through and walking in the love of Christ, It is not that we can walk in it so that then we can, oh, I'm so loved by Christ, and that's all the further it goes. It is the whole Bible is teaching us how do we love God, and then when we discover how we ought to love God and live in light of that, then how do I love others? How do I love God first, and then how do I love others? That's what the Ten Commandments are showing us. That's what the great commandment, love God with all your heart, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. How can I love God first and foremost? And how can I love others? We can show the world a different love, a better love. You know, the world likes to talk a lot about love. But it's all about going on along with whatever that person wants or feels. But that's not what is doing what is best for the person loved. We can show them a better love and we can show them an eternal love as we walk in him. But then number five, the fifth walk uh, in verse eight of chapter five, for you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord walk as children of the light for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is accept- acceptable to the Lord. We are to walk in the light as he is in the light. Think about the benefits of light that we have. Light helps us avoid danger. Um, If you didn't have lights on your car, how many more deer would you hit, right? We already hit enough deer, but how many more deer, how many more accidents would there be um, if you didn't have lights on your vehicle? It helps us avoid danger. It gives us perspective. It gives us confidence. Um, If you're walking in a room and there aren't any lights, you're not just strolling through that room at full speed. What? You're going slow because you're not wanting to kick anything with your foot. Uh, there's no confidence there. But when the light comes on, you immediately have confidence. You have direction. You know where you're going. So he says, walk uh, as children of the light. Uh, that we, we have guidance. We have direction. Um, and it says that we have the fruit of the spirit. And then... Down a few more verses in uh, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15, our last uh, walk that we see. He says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. He says, walk in wisdom. The word circumspectly means accurately or exactly or diligent. Um, So Paul's call calling the believers to walk with their eyes open to avoid the dangers that are there, uh, avoid the traps, avoid the temptation to walk with wisdom, navigating through this life, knowing what is right and knowing what is wrong, that we redeem the time. Uh, The idea here is as a businessman, knowing when to buy and when to sell, having wisdom of of knowing what time it is. So As we go through the walk of Ephesians, that we are to walk in good works, that we are to walk worthy, that we are not to walk as the world, that walk in love and light and wisdom. I just want to close with this uh, quote from Leonard Ravenhill. He said, smart men walked on the moon. Daring men walked on the ocean floor. But wise men walk with God. May we all be wise people who walk with God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, you desire that life should be a step-by-step obedience to you and your will. That's why I think over and over your word talks about uh, walking with wise men, walking with you, uh, walking through life. It gives us that constant picture of the day-in, day-out obedience that you desire, uh, that you delight in. May we be faithful followers of you, that we would be able to show the world a better and eternal love that we find in you. Lord, you are so patient and kind with us. You give us the perfect example, and I pray that we would be imitators of you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.